Hello and welcome to the Bubble Book Club, the fortnightly podcast where we interview a successful author and find out the inspiration behind their book. We also drill down into some of the core themes they've written about and talk about how they navigate parenting. At Bubble, we're passionate about books and book clubs. And let's face it, we haven't been going out to discuss anything interesting recently. So we wanted to give you an excuse to form your own book club with friends and then get those book clubs back off the ground. So join our book club journey and enjoy. So I'm excited because this week on the Bubble Book Club, we've got the fabulous Clemmie Telford, and she's just written this brilliant book, which is called But Why? How to Answer Tricky Questions from Kids and Have an Honest Conversation with Yourself. Um, And it's quite a difficult book to describe, I think, because when I first picked it up, I mean, I absolutely loved the cover because it really stands out. I actually saw a copy in Waterstones and it kind of leapt out at me. Great. So it's like, that's, it's doing a good job. But essentially, it's kind of a book for adults and for kids, isn't it? Yeah. I think probably it's for adults more, but the, the end recipient, I suppose, would be kids. But I guess I set about to try and answer what were my kids' questions and then became everybody's children's questions or the, the questions that... Yeah, all the thorny subjects that kids ask. But then I quickly realised that really you can't teach your kids until you've figured out what you think about stuff. And though I thought I knew the answers, A, I realised I didn't, and B, I hadn't properly interrogated where those thoughts came from, whether they were the ones I wanted to carry on to the next generation, etc., etc. I mean, it was really funny because I was thinking of a typical example of sometimes the timing of when the questions come up and you do talk about this in the book quite a bit but this morning for example I was dropping the children off at childcare on my way into work and somebody was sort of shredding up a tree so they were putting a tree into one of those shredders um, and it was really noisy and I was very stressed out and my youngest has just started toilet training so she was sat in the buggy and in the back of my mind I was thinking I think she's going to do a wee it's really noisy and then my older daughter said oh you know, why are they mashing up the tree? And I was like, oh, okay. I think it's because they want to get rid of the tree. And then she was like, where is the tree going to go? And then it led on to a bigger question, which was like, I thought we were supposed to be looking after the trees because they provide oxygen. Um, And I think that illustrates a little bit how one question then leads on to these huge questions. And how how do you navigate that? Well, the thing is also it, it... it uh, hits on something that I realised that my default because of the stress moments is that I was I was fobbing them off over and over again I was like oh you know I'll ask someone else or I'll, I'll pick up on that later on or I don't really know or giving them a short fire answer which is you know it's fine as a one-off but it then dawned on me that actually this is a really big part of parenting as well isn't it you know we all get obsessed with getting them eating and getting, well, I didn't get that obsessed, but into routines, et cetera, et cetera. You know, oh no, how we tell them about these big topics is actually a really important job. And often, it, yeah, they ask them at the wrong times. And what I learned is that it's okay to say, I don't know right now, but to pick up on it later on. And if in doubt, give them some facts and try and strip away all your opinions on it. And also just make them feel that they can ask questions because if we keep fobbing them off when they be- they grow up and they become teenagers they won't come to us to ask the the, the questions that we need them to ask them mm. I mean it's interesting because um 
I've found, and I mean, you talk about this in the book, about there's times when they do ask questions, which might be around bedtime. And then there's other times, like say when you pick them up from school and you use the example of saying that your kids said that every single day you asked them what they had for lunch. And I thought that was really interesting because every single day I, I do exactly the same thing. So how do you initiate a sort of conversation? Because obviously my, I get that sort of really bored response if I say what was for lunch. But obviously, sometimes when I've just picked one of them up from school, I might want to have a, a better chat, yeah. you know. But we, yeah. we do it as adults as well. You know, the how are you is so perfunctory between adults, isn't it? Because I say it, you respond, I haven't really listened to your answer. So it, it's asking, I guess, more curious and more conversation opening questions. Like, what was your favourite thing today? Or did you do anything new today? Or what did you find boring today even, are, yeah, much more invitations to have conversations. Yeah, because I think one of mine told me, I realised they said they'd had chicken every day and I definitely don't think they had had chicken. But I think, yeah, the onus is on us to open up that conversation. And another thing I learned is that often kids are asking questions just because they want your attention and, and not in a bad way. That is something I'm really guilty of, zoning out their questions because I'm trying to do something else at the same time. And actually, if they are asking questions of you, they're really saying, please, can you focus on me and trying to do that where I can? Mm, that's a real guilt trip, isn't it? Yeah, you it sort is. Of, um, think that you're not necessarily engaging no. because you may be on a screen, for example. Yeah, just trying to get an email or on Instagram or thinking about something else, you know, trying to, trying to cook dinner, which is in the book I, I advocate for trying to, carve out times for conversation. And again, this is not me giving anyone parenting advice. It's advice that I try and give myself. So of course, no screens at the table, but also sitting down to have a meal together and look each other in the eye and chat. And the same in the car, we get, have gotten habits of, you know, passing them the Kindles and the iPads. But actually I remember as a kid, those long, boring car journeys was where probably we had some of our best conversations. And so it's trying not to shut shut those down I suppose mm. it's so interesting because I don't know if you know um if you ever listen to the Glennon Doyle podcast oh, yeah. that She's she amazing. does and she's done a really interesting episode which is all about conversation because she said that in her house they have these big dinners together as a family and they all talk and they ask lots of questions and she said they thought that they were holding up a really good role model to other kids who were coming round and having dinner with them but she said then they got feedback from their own kids that they were basically saying it's too intense, like it's way too intense. Yeah, you know, because it's, I suppose if you're not used to that dynamic of yeah. sitting around and chatting, suddenly having questions thrown your way about, you know, anything. what you've been up to, anything can feel quite intimidating, can't it? But these, this is an important thing, isn't it? Because I think when we imagine our teenage children, which is hard to do, I imagine sitting, having interesting conversations with them, but that is never going to happen if you haven't done it from, from when they're really tiny as, as a norm. And also if they don't, you don't model it in your own adult conversations. And it, the problem is with motherhood, it happens so quickly where you, you meet your friends and you actually never have a proper conversation anymore. But as they do get a bit older, which mine are now, there is the opportunity to do that. And, it, and it's about reminding myself to go back to it. What do you find the trickiest area? Because I think most parents listening would probably say it's sex and talking about sort of maybe bodies and sex. Yeah, but bodies. Have you, have, 
Yeah, have you found that the trickiest? So I think the death death is up there, not surprisingly, because to be honest, often when the death conversation comes up, it's more than likely in a time when you're in your own grief. And, you know, it's that same thing that your own brain is trying to process it. And I learned in my research that kids need to be told very, very, very many times for them to begin to comprehend death. And actually, that's the same thing you're going through yourself with grief, you, you know, that repeated saying of it. And because we don't want it to be true, we, we find it much easier to say, oh, whoever's sleeping or, or those kind of euphemisms. And every expert I spoke to is that euphemisms are so problematic. If you tell a child that sleeping equals death, that's a very, well, A, you're not you're doing them a disservice and B, it's a quite a confusing thing to for them to to accept and or to understand and the fact is people die and we really as much as that's a horrific thing to have to break the news to a children to children they need to we need to tell them straight really so that that's up there and then bodies I think anything for me that I'm having to work on myself you know I feel like I've made a lot of progress with my own body image things but I've got a long way to go and I don't want to ladder too far the other way. So when I was talking, did research about appearances and, you know, my default now is to never comment on people's appearances if I can, because I think that's problematic. But then people messaged me to say my parents took that attitude when I was growing up and it made me feel like I was mad for feeling self-conscious about my glasses or this and that and and so actually you need to find a middle ground where you do talk about these things in the least loaded way possible so what's this bubble thing I keep hearing parents on whatsapp chatting about it but i haven't got a clue well bubble is the easy to use app that helps you find childcare and babysitters sounds a bit odd it's it's an app so how does that work well you just literally select your time and date post a job and then you'll see sitters in your area who are available all sitters are fully verified and background checked. And you can also read reviews from fellow parents and arrange to have a chat or a cup of tea with your sitter, if you're nervous. There must be a catch. I mean, there's always a catch, right? Well, you do need to have a phone. OK. And you do need to book somewhere to go out to? Well, yeah, I can, I can do both of those things. Apart from that, no catch. Hmm, so there's nothing to get hysterical about on WhatsApp? No, nothing at all. Great. I might just give that a whirl. Bubble. Get on the App Store and download the app. Book trusted childcare. It's really that simple. Yeah, so I mean, I suppose I would mirror that, you know, whole thing about your own relationship with your body because I kind of grew up being overweight and in a time when people were just much more um, brutal. Well, they basically just call you a fat pig, yeah. you know, to your face at school. That was mm. kind of what happened. So now, and I was interested in what you said about euphemisms, because then I try to find ways to describe body shape, you know, that do not use the word fat, fat. because that's yeah. obviously really offensive. So, you know, then I sort of scramble around and say round, for example, mm -hmm. is another way to describe it. But it's, how do you sort of get that balance between sort of being straight with them, you know, about the reality of body and body image and being healthy and all of those things, but without using any of the derogatory terms that we grew up with, you know? Yeah, it's it's difficult. It's, the thing is, I, we talk about strength quite a lot in my house. I'm really into exercise and, and, and as a result of that, the people that I socialise with, the girls particularly, are, are physically quite muscular and I think that's quite good role modelling to see different people. It's more, 
it's it's really difficult. I think sometimes in all of the topics I've talked about, us being so worried about getting it wrong is is what's causing the problem. You can try and explore it and also say to them, I'm trying to figure some of this stuff out too. Because I and also kids kids haven't got loaded ideas about it, especially when it comes to things like body. The way they're describing is is usually bang on. It's us who then recoil. Yeah, it's true, isn't it? They're much mm. more kind of they just say it as how they, it is as they see yeah. it. What about kind of timings of sort of stuff? Because I feel like what is it? So this kind of thing where you're on a screen and then someone, you know, one of your kids comes up and asks a question, or it's later in the evening. Is there any good times to handle some of these questions? I mean, you said car journeys. If you don't chuck screens at them, that might be a good time. <laughs> I think. Um, and walking, I always feel like on a walk is a, is a good time to do it. And meals, I do think meals is a good time to do it. But yeah, in the evening isn't great for anyone because often kids are smart. They are just trying to kill time. We all know that at bedtime, the thousand questions they suddenly ask. So yeah, I guess it, it's trying to do it when you've got your wits about you. But again, this is the problem, isn't it? If, especially mm-hmm. if you're, well, yeah, you're overwhelmed as a parent and I was so busy trying to do the bit to earn the money or keep the house ticking when I realised that I actually need to apply as much brain power as I do for my job to answering some of these questions for them. And actually, I want to know the answers for, to, for myself. But she doesn't answer your question. I don't think there is an, ever a good time, but it's checking that you're not always closing down the opportunity because it feels like a faff or an mm. inconvenience. And it's okay, do you reckon, to sometimes just say, I don't know? I think it really is. I think that's, a, a, for me, a real generational shift. Because how can we possibly know? I think it's, I think the important thing is I don't know, but I'm going to find out. I find myself sometimes as I go to make it up, just thinking, what are you doing? You, I, you don't know what you're talking about. And I think it's really important for kids to know that parents aren't perfect, that, that we're, we're still curious and that we've got gaps in our knowledge because actually the learning part is the most important bit. We are trying to prepare our kids for a world that we don't know what it looks like, right? So we don't know what the, the imagined questions will be in 10 years' time. So instead, teaching them the tools for curiosity, for being able to change their mind, for being able to hear other sides of the story and but honest conversations are actually the key learnings of any of it. Yeah, I think that's such good advice. I wanted to give you a little, because you you sort of um, said some examples of questions where you think they do sort of get a good response versus maybe kind of what did you have for lunch? So I was mm-hmm. going to ask you a couple of these and I'm just spinning oh. on you. Um, so what's what's your worst habit? This is like your one of your... Yeah, this is my quick thing. So on my mm. arm, I've got tattooed all in good time. I'm very, very impatient. I'm very, very, if I'm going, I go and I, I don't stop and think. And I've, I've really, I mean, partly the pandemic, partly the process of writing a book, partly having kids, I'm really beginning to learn the power of just sitting with things. There's a Buddhist expression that even cloudy water, when left, will clear. Like it, 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 and the answers reveal themselves. And sometimes my controlling tendencies and my wanting to get on with things mean that I try and push things that don't need to be pushed. And actually, with a bit of space, you can A, see things for what they are and things fall into place of their own doing. I think it's so... You talk a bit about um, meditation as well in the book, and I think it's so interesting because I can so... 
I think so many parents now relate to, oh God, the last 18 months have been so difficult um, and just feeling that sense of being at the end of their tether really with everything. So just having a bit of time where you're not doing anything, because you talk about that in the book, how hard it is to sit and not do anything at all. It's, it's impossible. I actually just been on holiday camping and I, lots of people have opinions about camping I love it because it forces me to disconnect and everything is slower you know you have to go and get the water you have to boil the you know everything and I sat camping after day 10 I think and I realized I'd been sitting there for half an hour and hadn't done anything I was like oh that is the first time where I haven't reached for a phone where I haven't been feeling that crawly skin thing that I should be doing something and yeah, we don't do that at all. It is, it's just literally a never. I'm either asleep or I'm thinking or doing something. And you, no wonder you can't work out what your thoughts are on anything if you're just putting, stimulating yourself all the time. I know, it's so true. And did you find that when you came back, you, were, you could still maintain that? Not for long, but it, it's, Not a, much. it's a slower... I think, I think my brain had really forgotten what that felt like. I can really physically recollect that like relaxed the brain feeling it was like something had gone and you know I wasn't being very productive and I wasn't all over stuff and actually that's a feeling that I find quite uncomfortable because I you know you get so used to being hyper vigilant and on it but it's like this is actually enjoyable for things to feel a little bit blurry and a little bit like they're escaping me but parenting does that to you you just it's, there's always something you need to be doing there's always something but actually there really isn't sometimes and yeah it's we've got to yeah to, it's mindfulness I suppose it's always just sitting still being still I oh, know it's funny isn't it or just even being more tolerant of mess so that you sort of don't so fall true. into that trap of picking stuff up all the time or sort of almost tidying up whilst they're still playing yeah you know, that kind yeah of thing. it's so true it's so true and it really what's the worst that's going to happen you have to really lean onto the edges of that of of trying to control things yes which is what i do when i the, the more stressed i am the more i can't control things and you just get these things in your grip that don't need to be controlled because it usually wiggles its way through one way and another mm. oh it's been lovely clemmy talking to you but give us a, one last bit of advice then because obviously parents can go and buy the book now it's in lovely hardback when does it come out in paperback by the way oh i don't know i don't know I not for that. a while no well, we're hoping that, because obviously what we're trying to encourage people to do is to not necessarily start a formal book club, but just to have a few mates, choose a book, read it together and chat about it. So we'll be giving away a few copies as well. But what would be your kind of one bit of advice for parents who, I guess, because what you don't want to do is make them feel even more guilty. And they're like, oh, shit, I'm not even asking the right, you know, I'm not answering questions in the right way on top of everything else, you know. Do you know what? I think, I hope that anyone who would read even one page of it would realise that is, yeah, the opposite of what I am. I'm so going through this in a chaotic way and, and trying my best, but actually... As per our previous conversation, sometimes I think I've been putting my energies in the wrong place. I've been putting so much energy into keeping things tidy, how things look, getting this done and getting this done. And actually, I often chat to my kids in the bath, actually. We, we still, they're still just at an age when they share a bath with me. 
And that those moments are actually that that is it. That is parenting. That is the really lovely bit where they've got me 110 percent. We're talking about sometimes irrelevant stuff, sometimes important stuff. I guess, yeah, my advice would be try and make room for conversation is is all you need to do. I think that is such a valuable life skill. And, and it's a really lovely thing as my kids get older and I'm suddenly like, oh, I'm having really good chats with you. You're really, yeah. really good company. And I can be so het up in ferrying them around and getting them to get their shoes and socks on that I forget to talk to them as people sometimes and... It's that awful dynamic where you're just issuing orders, isn't it? Yeah, you it's are. like get your shoes on, get your shoes off, brush your teeth, get upstairs. Yeah. It's kind of without without having any sort of dialogue. Really. No, and actually, when they're saying "mummy, mummy," what do you think about this? And I can, if if I'm overwhelmed, it can just feel like another thing. But actually, they're really putting some kind of trust in you, aren't they? What do you think about this? Oh, I'll, I'll answer you later. Yeah, and and this is not from a point of preaching. It's it's from a just checking in with yourself and 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 becomes a really rewarding thing both ways. And also what I'm really learning, especially with my almost nine year old, he knows a lot about a lot of stuff. I've, mm. He often is like, oh, no, mummy, it's that. I'm like, oh, yeah, great. You're you know stuff, too. And that's that's a lovely place to be. Well, that's the funny bit is when they kind of overtake you in oh, terms of the kind everything. of music stuff, you know, well, and they're technology. Sort of, they're, they're, totally like into certain bands and things and you're like you're like an antique because you've yeah. never heard of them yeah know? yeah um, or when I'm trying to do something on the computer it's like they come in and swoop and do it okay yeah I got into a panic because we were on holiday and my my phone was really dark and I mean this is quite really stupid but I was like I can't see my screen I can't see my screen and I was really in I was really in a real tiz about it and then my daughter was like you've just got the brightness turned down mummy and she stopped <laughs> She, she went on it and I was like, oh, my God. That was like what it, I thought this is just the first of yeah, many yeah, occasions yeah. where she's going to be leaning over my shoulder going, Mum, you've pressed the wrong button. You've switched it off. That's why it's gone dark. But it is nice when, like, when they start being genuinely useful and genuinely good company. You know, I'm really just emerging. My youngest is three and a half and I really feel like I'm coming out of a certain chapter of my life. And um, it's good. It's going to be it's going to be fun. But. Yeah, I just want to, it needs to be done mindfully where possible, somewhere amongst the chaos. Yeah. Well, listen, Clemmy, thank you so much My for pleasure. being part of our bubble book club. Thank you for having and me. I've really enjoyed chatting to you. And um, I'm sure lots fun. of people are going to get the book. It's, it's really brilliant. Thank it's you. got brilliant reviews as well. I saw Russell Brand had even given you a quote there yeah. as well, which is quite... I know, life goals. I can't believe I it. I know, that's incredible. So, yeah, well done on that. And uh, Thank you so much. Thanks a lot for being on. Thanks for listening and tune in for our next episode in two weeks time. Also, follow us on Instagram at bubble underscore childcare and message us with your thoughts and any authors you'd love us to feature in the future. Also, share, like and leave a review. Here's to celebrating the return of going out and having our own book clubs.